Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore. And this is Faith School. What happens in Faith School? Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. It, it is the place to get quickened and to get helped. Faith is a, it's an amazing thing. It's what God functions by Himself. It's how He created the heavens and the earth. And He has given us a measure of His very own faith. But it has to be developed just like we must develop physically and mentally and emotionally. You must develop spiritually. And faith is of the heart. And so there needs to be something that's feeding your faith. This is part of what's supposed to be happening when we go to church and when we're in good meetings and when we feed ourselves on the Word of God. Uh, around Faith Life Church, we have this saying, you know, that everybody reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. We read a portion of Scripture on a regular basis, and one of the reasons we do is because your spirit needs to be fed. In the absence of your spirit being fed, nourishing words of faith, you will grow uh, more and more hopeless. You'll, you'll grow despondent. You'll, you'll tend to yield to depression. And everything will just seem too big and too hard. And it's not that it's such uh, terrible, impossible situations, because to God, him, His helping you, it, it'd be nothing. But it's a lack of faith and a weak spirit. The proverb says, a strong spirit of a man will sustain him or her in bodily pain and trouble. So uh, that's what it's about. Come on in here, get your Bible, get something to take notes. We saved you a seat up here in the front. Come right on in here and uh, get your spirit built up. Let's pray and release faith for exactly what should happen in these next minutes. Father, we ask you all of the faith school class all over the world, we ask you for utterance that we may speak as the oracles of God. We ask you for the anointing, for your, the presence and working and teaching of your Holy Spirit, bringing to our remembrance what you've said to us leading and guiding us into all the truth, even showing us things to come. We, you said the Spirit would do this for us. We believe it. We, we ask you for everything that you know we need right now, and we purpose to be doers of it. In Jesus' name, thank you for good results. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me in our great text, the, the Bible in Hebrews 10. Again, we've been on the subject we're calling by faith. And you will see in this 10th and 11th and actually part of the 12th chapters of Hebrews that, uh, you know, especially in chapter 11, almost every verse for a while says by faith, by faith, by faith. And so we're learning what that means. In 10, chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And we see in just a couple of verses later, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. This is talking about God being pleased. So uh, drawing back, being reluctant, being fearful and withdrawn 
is not pleasing to God. Some have had, you know, in their mind that, yeah, this is humility and this somehow pleases God. No, it's not humility. Uh, one of the chief characteristics of true humility is honesty. Honesty, not self-degradation. Running yourself down and being full of fear is not humility and it's not pleasing to God. We just got through reading it. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But verse 39, let's all say it together. We are not of them who draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Faith's a choice. And what, what uh, the writer is saying and what we're saying and agreeing with it, we're not going to be like those who are timid and ashamed and condemned and uh, fearful and faithless. We are going to do what the Lord told us to do. If he said, ask, we're going to ask. If he said, seek, we're going to seek. If he said, step up and knock, that's what we're going to do. If he said, come boldly to the throne of grace to get your help, we're going to step right up. Somebody say, step right up. Step, step right up. That's what we're going to do. Well, in the 11th chapter, it just, this just flows uh, all together. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you will see this revelation um, shown and demonstrated in living examples in verse after verse throughout this chapter. You will see these two things um, in every example. Faith being the confidence of what you expect and being the conviction of the reality of what you don't see. So uh, uh, in verse 2, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. We see throughout this passage that God testified to his people's faith. And we studied on previous classes that uh, in time to come, he's going to testify of our faith, that our faith is going to be found, the scripture said, unto praise and honor <laughs> and to judge nothing before the time, but in time to come, every man would have praise of God for these kind of things. That, that's an amazing thing. Uh, what pleased God about Abraham and Sarah and Noah and Enoch and all of these, it was their faith. And we have a measure of that same faith. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.18 talks about. Excuse me, not, not 18, but that whole passage through to 5 talks about walking by faith and how that um, we have the same spirit of faith. Verse 13, I believe it is. We have the same spirit of faith like they did. They believed and they spoke. We also believe and speak. We need to keep reminding ourselves this pleases God. Not when we sit in the corner and hide and wait to be noticed. Not when we're afraid of our own shadow, but when we step up and we believe it and we boldly proclaim it and decree it, this pleases God. This is good in his eyes. He and he did and will bear witness and testimony to that. The scripture says in verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, 
Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which uh, he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, by his faith and his faith gift, uh, he being dead yet speaks. We spent some time on that in previous classes about how Abel uh, gave an, an excellent and a pleasing offering to God. He actually honored the Lord with his offering by his faith. And we mentioned, you know, that these verses, verse after verse, it describes something they did as their faith. Not just a, a vague belief, but an acting on what they were fully persuaded about. James brings up that faith without an action Faith without doing anything is dead, non-productive. So if we have real faith, if we're really fully persuaded of something in our heart, we'll act on it. And that act uh, is the, our part that God meets with his power and manifestation. At some point, we've got to quit talking about it <laughs> and step out and do it, Right. If we really believe it, we will. And when we take that step of faith, whether, you know, Abel gave, and we'll see he gave by faith, and it pleased God, we're still talking about it. These others did numerous other things. Uh, that it, it might not have been giving, but it was the same principle. They believed it, and they acted on it. And when they did, God's power manifested in their life in response uh, to, and confirmation of their faith. Verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. An amazing miracle. And he was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And we know what was it about him that pleased God? It's easy for people's minds to go off on tangents. Well, he was just a special, special individual. No, what's the whole chapter about? Faith, faith. So what was it about Enoch that pleased God so much that Enoch walked with him for years and years and finally one day God said, look, you don't need to go home. Just come home with me. And he was translated. The Bible said it was his faith that got him to that point in his relationship and fellowship with God, his faith. And it goes on to say in verse uh, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that comes to God must believe, it's not optional, must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Actually, I think the word diligently is is uh, not represented in all manuscripts. It's just a matter of seeking him. The reason I say that is because the enemy can say, well, you're not seeking him hard enough. You know, hard enough. No, it's just a matter of if you reach for him, if you look for him, uh, the Lord's going to respond. You draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. And so if, if you seek for him uh, and you endeavor to find him and do his will, you are going... I'm going to say it like this. It's going to pay off. <laughs> reward. Actually, the word, the, the word reward sometimes translated pay. <laughs> so it's going to pay off. How many believe it pays to serve God? It pays to believe God 
it pays to walk by faith. It absolutely does. Well, in the very next verse, and uh, for those of you that haven't been with us, um, we've covered a lot of ground. There are a lot of uh, previous faith school classes that are available online. Um, it won't cost you anything to get, get a hold of them. And if you'll go back to the beginning, and, and you don't have to do it all in one day. You can do one every morning or night, whatever you want to do. And, and if you'll keep doing that day after day, the, the Word of God has a, a filling and displacing effect in your spirit and your life. And it'll feed your spirit, feed your spirit, feed your spirit, and you'll get more and more full inside of faith. And as you get full of faith, it displaces fear. It pushes out. You know, I, I, I used to minister in, in uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin's healing school years ago. And we had a, uh, a lady in there who had been given up uh, to die by uh, anything medical science could do in the last stages of cancer. And she came there uh, to seek healing by divine means as a last resort, knowing that she had basically days or weeks to live. And uh, so she was with us for, I don't know, a couple of months at least, maybe three. And we were there every day, Monday through Friday, a couple of times a day, teaching and ministering on healing and, and faith. And, and uh, well, uh, the days kept going and she didn't die. And the, the weeks kept going and she didn't die. In fact, after I think it was about three months or so, she'd gone to the doctor. She came back. She said, I got a completely clean report. I'm completely free of cancer. And, and uh, somebody asked her, well, how in the world did that happen? She says, I don't know. I guess I just got so full of faith, there was no room for the cancer. <laughs> I got so full of the word. I got so full of life. There was no room for the death. And it really does work that way. You have a, uh, the word, the Bible said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions and deaths. It has a building up effect. Oh, thank God for, you know, it's, uh, the, the, the world, the ungodly world and the curse and all the junk in it will pull you down. <laughs> it will drain you. And so many people who are unbelievers, uh, all they know how to do is pull on each other. And that, if you let people do that to you, that'll pull you down. That'll drain you. Somebody needs to be getting built up. How do you get built up instead of drained? Well, that's why we saved you this seat right here. So you could come on into faith school and get built up. And not only this, but you know, if you haven't been doing it, you need to read your chapter too, also every uh, day. What I mean is some portion of the Word of God uh, should be a priority to you to read and feed your spirit. And the great thing about the Word of God, you can't overdose on it. You can't hurt yourself. <laughs> now, there's a lot of things, too much is a bad thing of it. But with the Word, you can't get too much. It'll just, it'll... Uh, uh, build you up, bless you. Besides that, it'll help you. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you for the word, Lord. Thank you for the word. Well, in, uh, in verse 6, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. 
He that comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Does that sound familiar? Just a few verses before, he said, What is faith? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Noah, warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So let's talk some this week, and we'll see how long we need to stay on it, but about Noah. The, the scripture says, by faith, Noah. Well, what did Noah do by faith? Again, faith without an action is dead. Did Noah do anything? Yes. Oh, did he? <laughs> Man, did he? <laughs> Noah worked. Is that right? <laughs> Noah worked for years and decades on this thing. You know, that's something that I think some people have not understood. They, they think, well, you know, I'm, I'm believing God now, so uh, I just lay on the sofa and, and drink iced tea and make confessions. Well, no, that's that dead faith we've been talking about, right? <laughs> uh, if you really are believing for something, you, did you notice here one thing that Noah did by faith? He got ready. He prepared. And so faith prepares. We see it, you know, every one of these, you know, we, we saw Abel, faith gives. And with Enoch, faith walks with God. Well, that's not just for Enoch. Why is it in the Bible? This is for all of us. It's not just for Abel. This is for all of us. All of us can give by faith and please God. All of us can walk with God and commune with Him by faith. And all of us can do what Noah did. We can hear from God and we can be motivated by what we heard and act on it and prepare and get ready. And one of the most amazing things here, he and his entire family were spared. They were protected. They were kept. They were saved. And this, everything that happened with Noah I mean, it really happened. It's historically accurate. But also, it typifies salvation itself. It typifies what's going on with the world right now. There's coming a time when there will be judgment, the Bible said. And only those who are in the ark <laughs> will be saved. Well, the ark this time is not a big wooden structure. But the ark is in Christ. I actually have some friends of mine who pastor a great church over in Texas, and they named their church The Ark <laughs> because uh, the Lord dealt with them that, you know, everybody needs to get in, <laughs> right? Everybody, it's this brother uh, Alan and Joy Clayton there in Texas, they, uh, they said the Lord showed them that, you know, that uh, The Ark is the safe place uh, for everybody and their families. Does this sound good or not? See, Noah was saved and his families, his family, I should say, his uh, three sons and, and their daughter, uh, their wives, their daughters-in-law, 
and his wife, eight people, the Bible said, were saved when the whole, everything else, the entire earth other than those eight perished. Now, there's coming a time, Jesus said, there are many that would go into the way to destruction, but relatively few that would be in the narrow way to salvation. So how did, how did you get in the ark? How did Noah get in the ark? The Bible said, by faith, Noah. But then also, when Noah heard what was coming, he didn't just twiddle his thumbs and make confessions. Is that right? right. I mean, he realized we've got a lot of work to do to get ready for this and to save as much. Well, besides the people, there were all kind of animals that got saved. Entire, you know, species after species after species that would have been wiped out if they hadn't been in the ark. And so God is a God of salvation, a God of saving, a God of preserving all those who will, all those who will believe him. And the thing that caused Noah to stand out and made him different from everybody else on the earth at that time is that he believed what God told him. Now, for decade after decade, plenty of other people had opportunity to see what Noah was doing. And the Bible said, not just that Noah was an ark builder, Noah was a preacher. Did you know that? Yeah, the Bible said that he was a preacher of righteousness. We'll look at these scriptures perhaps as we go along. But him being a preacher... uh, No doubt when he starts building this great big uh, seagoing vessel on dry land (laughs) and people are wondering, how are you going to get this to the water at perfect opening? Oh, you want to know how I'm going to get this to the water? Y'all just sit down just a minute. And you know, I don't think Noah did all the work personally. Uh, Who knows uh, how many people they hired and and his sons, and how many people were under them. This is a a big project. Uh, This may not have been uh, Noah's personal work at all. He might have supervised. (laughs) But we know he was a preacher. And so during all this time, he preached. And what did he preach? There's coming a flood. The Lord told me that there's coming a flood. It's going to rain. The heavens are going to be open. The, the depths are going to be open, and this place is going to be flooded. The entire planet is going to be flooded. And what kind of response you suppose he got? Well, the Bible said the world was evil, very evil at that time. And uh, no doubt there was scoffing and there was mocking. But Noah kept preaching and building. <laughs> Come on, can you see this? He kept preaching that somebody else would hear this and believe, and he keeps preparing and getting ready. Now, we know that uh, God's a God of mercy, and if, and if, he had said, if he had seen the entire world repent, who knows? He might have said, okay, you've repented. Judgment is not going to come. You see that in the Bible and other places where people repented. It happened at Nineveh. You remember when Jonah went and preached? He said, in just a few days, this place is going to be wiped out. And, of course, you know, he didn't do it at first. He had to have some motivation. (laughs) Spent some time thinking about it in the belly of the great 
quail or whatever it was. And, but then when he came out, he preached. He, he went through the whole thing. And the Bible said from the king on down, they, they set aside their nice clothes. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They repented and God saw them. And, and because they all repented the way they did, told them they'd be spared. Judgment's not going to come. Not that God changed. Who changed? They changed. Now, if they hadn't changed, what God said would have surely come to pass. We see that too in other places. God doesn't change. But there are times His response in dealing with people will change if they repent. If they change. Aren't we? All of us should be thankful for that, right? I mean, there was a time when we were headed the wrong direction. But... We believed on the Lord. We repented. Now we're not going the wrong direction, right? We, we have a different place. We have a different direction. So uh, Noah, being a preacher, the Bible said, a preacher of righteousness. He preached what was right. We see in the scripture, and we'll look at this perhaps later, but it tells us uh, Noah was somewhere around 500 years old uh, when this uh, revelation came about the flood sometime after that. And so then he was 600 years old when the flood came. Now, there is speculation that, you know, it was 20, 30 years after his 500th birthday that he heard some of these things, but it was somewhere between 50, 75, 100 years that he works on this. And he... Uh, uh, preaches. De this is decade after decade after decade. And the scriptures tell us it was the long suffering of God. The Lord wanted some other people to be saved. And here's the amazing thing. Nobody would believe it. Nobody would believe it except Noah and his immediate household. Now we shake our heads and, and think that's just, uh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, and yet, What's happening today? There are billions of people on the planet. And what percentage of them, how many of them believe if you don't get in the ark of Jesus, you're going to be lost. There'll be destruction to come after this life. Billions of people think it's ridiculous. They mock at it. They think it's uh, just, you know, us being weak, needing the crutch of religion. But we're going to do what Noah did. We're going to preach. We're going to preach what's right and what's true. And we're going to build. Is that right? We're going to prepare and get ready for the coming of the Lord. Working on his church. Hallelujah. Working on his kingdom. And you do it. How did Noah do it? By faith. Well, that's it. That's the time for our class again today. How do we live? How do we walk? We live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, be sure and come back and join us again for our next class. We're going to find out a lot more about how Noah did it. See you next time in Faith School.